I'm Lori. And I'm Kyle. And welcome to The Worst Podcast Ever Made, where we don't plan anything and routinely go off the rails. Be sure to subscribe to The Worst Podcast Ever Made, whenever, wherever you get your podcast from. See, we couldn't even make it through the intro, which is perfect. We're just going to leave that in there. Now, welcome to this week's absolutely terrible, god-awful episode. All right, everybody, welcome to yet another horrible episode of the worst podcast ever made. I am your host, Kyle, the worst slaymaker, and I am joined by the ever so lovely. If she's... Uh, Lori, way too positive for a podcast name like this, do it. <laughs> she's afraid to even speak. She's like, how do I follow up Kyle, the worst slaymaker? Yeah, um, made me hesitate. It threw me off. Why, that's what we do. That's what we roll <laughs> here at the worst podcast ever made. Lori, why don't you tell our lovely listeners what we're going to be talking about this week? Unrealistic expectations. We all have them. We all, uh, I, I don't know if there's a person out there that doesn't battle with that. And if there is, call me. Give me uh, your tips and tricks. <laughs> I think we we might have a differing opinion on this one. Really? Yeah. So the way I view it in certain cases, there really are no such thing. It uh, is no such thing or no such thing. I don't know. Um, as unrealistic expectations. I'm one of those people that truly genuinely believe that somebody can do anything that they want to do. So if they expect they're going to succeed in this wildly outlandish goal, there's no reason that they can't other than their own stubbornness. So from that aspect, I don't think there really are any unrealistic expectations. Now, when it comes to a more personal side, like a more one-on-one -on -one side of things, like maybe you're expecting something from somebody who's just not going to change. And maybe that is an unrealistic expectation. But I think in the business world, in the goal world, the dream world, anything really is possible. What are your thoughts? Wow. We like took this in totally different directions. And I kind of love that because. Yeah. So when I hear the word unrealistic expectations, I think of things like you go, you know, people go into, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to make six figures my first year, which mm -hmm. you, you can absolutely do that, but you have to put in the work too. So when I yeah. think unrealistic expectations, I think of someone like, so I'm looking at what is going to be my vision board if I ever finish Steve's program. Um, but, and if I just put random pictures on my vision board and we're like, okay, great. They're on my vision board. So it's going to happen. That's an unrealistic expectation. The likelihood, it, the okay. most likely is it's going to take a lot longer to do that. So I think we took a different spin on this, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, I can I can see how you can make that argument. I, I can, and I would I would agree with you. I mean, you have to have, <clears throat> what if we said it like this? You have to have proper expectations for those unrealistic expectations. Yes. Right, because like you said, I mean, if you think you're just going to be this overnight success, negative Ghost Rider, you're not going to be an overnight success. Amazon took, what, 20, 30 years to turn a profit. Um. Was it you so, that just posted the post of like all the businesses that started in a garage? Um, I mean, I, I don't know if I can take credit for that. It sounds like something I do remember posting some, at least somewhat recently, or maybe something along those lines. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Amazon, everybody told Jeff Bezos, he had unrealistic expectations. Everybody told him like, okay, you're not going to, this is, you're not going to be the richest man on earth. You're not going to have one of the biggest companies in the world. 
you know, you're selling college, you're, you're selling college textbooks out of your garage in this little warehouse. Uh, and he, they just told him, he's like, no, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'll do it. And it took him 20, 30 years. And Amazon became one of the biggest companies in the world. And he's one of the richest men in the world. I'm not sure if he's still at the top, but he might be. Um, mm -hmm. Same with, with Elon Musk. Same with Bill Gates. Warren Buffett um, said something that I really, really enjoyed. I, I found really profound because it hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, and he said, he, some, he was asked why not, why everybody isn't as rich as he is or some, something like that. And his response was because nobody wants to work to get rich or nobody wants to wait to get rich. And that's, that was his whole message is that, look, I didn't become rich. Uh, I, a multi-billionaire overnight. I didn't become one of the most respected financial names in the world in history overnight. It took 30, 40, 50 years of saving and smart investing and smart business decisions. Um, and then you look at people like Carl Icahn and Carl Icahn is a, a, a shark. You know, he was labeled a corporate raider. He'd come in, he'd gut these companies and make money and get out. Um, but, you know, he would be first to tell you he, he can, he could be wrong. He, he may have had unrealistic expectations, but <clears throat> he attacked them in a way that wasn't unrealistic. He attacked them in a systematic way. And ultimately everything worked out for him. There's, there's a really good documentary on HBO called i think it's called it's either becoming buffett or um icon i-c-a-h-n and carl icon is a phenomenal phenomenal businessman it's a funny documentary it's it's grossly interesting um about how he you know came to be and everything that he did but i don't know i just it's hard for me to get behind business unrealistic expectations can you become the largest company in the world? Yes. Yes, you can. You can make hundreds of millions of dollars. You can make billions of dollars. You can maybe even make a trillion if you're, you know, really, 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 really good. But mm -hmm. I, I also don't want to see these unrealistic expectations make people think that they shouldn't do stuff or shouldn't try stuff. It goes back to that imperfect action. Mm -hmm. So I want to bring in a different example of this. Do it. And this is so what kind of spawned that well, actually not what spawned this idea, but um one of the things that happened recently is someone reached out to me and asked if on my other podcast, all about the benefits, that if I had ever done an episode on imperfect action. And her example, I believe, that she wanted to talk about, we never really got to it because then sick kids and all that stuff. But anyway, um actually that reminds me I need to reach out to her and reschedule. But I think her take on it and the reason she wanted to talk about it is with like let's take it personal like personal relationships a lot of marriages fail because of imp or um unrealistic expectations i was going back to imperfect action yeah. <laughs> probably probably that too but or not we're taking gonna, we're gonna get well if you go into i mean i was young when i got married it was 17 years ago and i'm still young so like but um i was super young when I got married and in my head it was like this perfect you know you get married and then everything is wonderful right all the bills magically get paid the house magically gets cleaned when you have kids it's painless and there's like you know it's like a Disney movie right like that yeah. a lot of people go into it because as kids especially as little girls were fed these fairy tales of you know Beauty and the Beast and which 
I don't know if that's a really good example. Maybe that's an example of like <laughs> realistic expectations, but okay, Cinderella, you know, if, if you lose your shoe at midnight, you're drunk, go home. But in the real world, right? So I think a lot of marriages and things, even like friendships fail because of that, because we go into it expecting like this Disney movie and that squirrels are going to come and fold our laundry or birds or whatever it is in those movies. But so I think, I think that's a totally different take on it than the business side of it. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And and I think from the marriage standpoint, and, and this is something that I have, <clears throat> we'll say begrud- begrudgingly learned. Um, there's this, I learned about it through my therapist. Um, when relationships first start, not just marriages, but when relationships first start, there's this, this instinct to not, not really lie. I don't want to say the word lie, but almost kind of not say exactly who you are and what you want, and what your expectations are for a relationship. And that leads to a lot of strain down the road. Um, so, you know, maybe that's how we should say it. You can't have unrealistic expectations if you have proper expectations. Another Kyle mic drop. I'm going to bring my like little microphone in here so I can drop it. That we should, (laughs) that'd be, that'd be like Wiley's easy button. Um, Hey, I have the carpool karaoke mic. I'm going to bring it in here. Proper expectations negate unrealistic expectations, or we can jazz it up or whatever. Um, but, you know, it's like that a lot. Like, think of how many times or how many people have gotten job interviews and they get to the job and they find out it's not anything remotely like what the interviewer described, right? Well, then you feel you feel lied to, you feel betrayed, there's a lack of trust, and you don't really know how to make it work until you figure it out. But think of how much headache can be saved if, and sales is a perfect example. Um, you go into sales jobs and, or sales interviews, and it's, oh, I'm, look at this board. I managed this team. And they, everybody was over $150,000 a year in commission. Blah, 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 blah. Everything was great. Blah, blah, blah. And then you get in and they re, you realize they're putting you into a 98% saturated market. And the 2% is because you couldn't be in that area anyway. Or that, those teams struggled for years and years and years and years and years to be able to get to it. And it's, it would just go so far in both personal relationships and professional relationships. If people would just be honest and open about their expectations and their, their intricacies and and who, what makes them, them. This is a deep episode. It is a deep episode, and I think I might actually take it a little bit deeper. Um, we might need to do another like uh, worsty movie episode soon to like counteract yeah. the deepness of this one. But yeah. you know, I'm dealing with a situation right now where I have someone that has the unrealistic expectation that I can read their freaking mind. It's it's like that. That's so common. It, and it's like just you gotta tell me. And, you know, the situation I'm dealing with right now is, hey, you need to to not do this, but do this. And in my head, I'm like, what do you mean? Because I can't think of a single example of that. 
the, the media, and I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail, but I, I, I can't yeah. think of this, an example of me making this certain mistake. Can you give me examples? Oh, well, you know, no, I, do, I honestly, I don't know, because what you're telling me that I've done is the polar opposite of me and my personality, my mindset, my um, everything, I, really. So I can't whole... read your mind. That's unrealistic to expect people to be able to read your mind. You have to tell them. And sometimes That's, you have to yeah. tell them 10 times. And and that happens a lot in marriage and relationships too. I, I mean, you you get so comfortable with somebody and you're with them for so long and they kind of, and you do it too. You you expect them to be able to read your mind and know what you want and what you're thinking. And oh. they expect you to be able to read their mind and know what you want and, or what they want and they're expecting. And it leads to so much strain. So I guess really the the best takeaway from this Lori, is that people just have to communicate everything get better at communication we started off with with expectations now we're talking about communication um but it really is the truth it Mm -hmm. really really is nobody it's unfair for me to be able to to expect elizabeth to know exactly what it is that i want Mm -hmm. from her and it's unfair of her to know to think that i know exactly what she wants without her saying it just like just like kids, right? Think of how good we are at teaching our kids to communicate, right? Use your words. Tell us what you want. You have to do it. But then we get into the adult life and we're like, oh, no, I'm not using my words. You better figure it out. And if you don't figure mm-hmm. it out, you're a jerk. Telepathy, yo. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, one thing that I would recommend to people that whether you're having issues or not in your marriage to or even even business relationships, even with your kids. Like I'm gonna have my kid and her boyfriend take it. But the five love love languages online test, it's a free test. Oh yeah. And it it I think for Dean and I it helps a ton because I get my like this is one thing that he does for me almost every single day. And an unrealistic expectation that I had that I actually spoke on stage about was the days that he didn't bring me a coffee. You guys can't see it, but I'm holding up my like bougie little oat coffee thing. I would get pissed because I'm like, um, that is just, why didn't I get one today? And I started expecting it every day. And that was an unrealistic expectation because he can't stop and get me a $5 coffee every single day. Although he does most days. Um, but the five love languages will, you don't have to read the book. Just take the test and it'll tell you the things. I know, I know Elizabeth's love language. What are the five love languages again? Uh, yeah, we'll Google it. Gifts. Yeah, I, they all roll down. Or I think they all boil down to like you know, gratitude and appreciation. Okay, so yeah, it? so words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. I'm I'm very I'm a very affectionate and physical touch person, and Elizabeth is a very is is very gift oriented. Um, so you you have to make sure that or I have to make sure that everything is very meaningful. Everything that I get her, it's not like actual thought goes into it. Not just, Oh, here's a Snickers bar. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. And with me, it's, it's, I'm like I said, I'm a very, very physical and affectionate person. So we have two conflicting love languages, but again, like it took me a long time and I guess I can read her mind a little bit with that because I know her so well. Like I know the stuff that she likes. I know the stuff that she prefers. And I try to make sure I, I get stuff for her when I can. Um, but yeah, I, I think bringing up the love languages was a really, a really good idea. It's super funny that you brought up the Snickers because used to, before we like took on a healthier lifestyle, 
when Dean was having like, uh, I, I could see that he was stressed or I knew that something stressful was happening. I would just low key go put a Snickers bar and a purple monster on his desk and just walk away. And that was like, it made him smile. Most of the time he didn't even eat the Snickers bar, but it made him, it made him smile. And I think when we moved to, from Georgia, he had probably like 20 unopened Snickers bars, but it was just a, like, it wasn't about the Snickers bar. It's about the, the act, right? The, yeah. Hey, I put this on into you. And he moved to Michigan a couple months before I did to get everything ready. And um, I texted someone that was had started working with him up here one day. I knew he was just stressed with opening the agency and all the construction and getting the house ready and everything. And so I just texted and I said, hey, on your way to the office, will you grab a purple monster and a Snickers and just put it on Dean's desk and walk away? And that was like it. It's been like, what, six years? But. I'm pretty sure that like just shifted his mood because it was totally unexpected because I was, you know, what a, a whole lot. I don't know. I don't know mileage, but I was a long ways away. I was in a totally different state. Um, so it doesn't have to be anything big for him. Like for him, it's the thought, right? For yeah. me, I think I'm like a mixture of all of them. I want, I want to be touched and hugged and I want coffee gifts and to be told I'm pretty and whatever. <laughs> so I think I, I just need all of the love languages or I'm part of, I gotta take it again. It's been a while since I've taken it. Yeah, it, it's it's so important to understand that the thought that goes into things is so just crucial, crucial. So, all right. Well, I think now that we've we've gone all the way to love languages, it's that's my bad. A good time to to roll on out of here so we can get to other things. Uh, Lori, as usual, take us home. All right, you guys. Thank you for tuning in again to the worst podcast ever made. Um, and it hurts my soul to say that because I'm like, no, we're awesome. But <laughs> um, the worst planned podcast, podcast ever made, maybe. But <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we, we appreciate you guys. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, follow all of the things. We appreciate your support. It keeps us going. Um, so we will see you guys again next week. See ya.